You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Val, it's very early. We've never done a podcast this early before. I know. I hope we make sense. I don't know if my brain works at this hour. We'll find out. You Usually, well, aren't you an early person? I am an early person, but I don't speak like early. (laughs) Do you know? So... Well, this could be entertaining. It could be. I hope my brain works. It's just like, you know, I don't know if I can find all my words, which, you know. Is a a difficulty (laughs) quite often at the best of times. All right. Anyway, let's, let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 133 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia this early morning. As we're Valerie, it's this. very early. What, it's like, what are we I doing? Know. It's like, I it's know. got to get done, I guess. You know, <laughs> we, usually, we usually record very late at it's night. So we're late. wired and wide awake. And but you know. where you've got a big gig tomorrow, a massive, massive mm-hmm. job tomorrow, I know. So you mm-hmm. can't do it. I've got a PR event that I've got to go to this afternoon. So we're recording now, but I'm sure that we'll be fine. And I'm yeah, yeah. very keen for this week's topic which is low-key or moody lighting for portraits using daylight or flash. Now, Mm. the reason I'm keen for this is it's actually something I don't do that often, a little bit because I'm a bit scared of it or I don't really know what to do, so I will be keen to try out some of these techniques. But before we get onto that, what have you been up to lately, Gina? I mean, I'm going to see you soon. I'm going to see you in like a week, I think. I know. But, um, yeah, what have you been up to? To the Rope Whisperers Workshop, Val. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really strange that I'm holding a workshop on rope, but I have become quite obsessed with it. So this isn't um, so you want to be a rope artist. This is so you want to be a photographer. But my latest obsession for those who've been following on has been I've discovered rope and making things with rope. And my garage is now full of all different types of rope. And I'm, you know, next week I've booked in with a uh, rope artist who's going to teach me one-on-one. Another, because like you just, so here's the thing, Val, that I love about you. You don't just like sort of half-ass anything, do you? You really, like (laughs) you're all in on this rope art. And uh, what what I have in all seriousness, what I've noticed is, how long has it been? Like a month? Six weeks uh, so that you've thought. Um, when did you start? This, when this, did you take this up? The end of February. So from the end of February, where now as we record to the end of April, uh, not long at all. You've gone from um, you know 
tying a few bits of string together to to like the last um, piece that I saw yesterday on Facebook or Instagram. Beautiful, like amazing, like you're, and now you're doing workshops. And the way you've done that, Val, is I noticed that like you haven't just uh, sort of bumbled your way through and uh, you know bought a couple of books and watched a few YouTube videos. You've gone all in and you've done uh, a, a lot of workshops, but you haven't just gone to Jan in the next from, suburb Jan from accounts <laughs> to to learn uh, rope art. No. no. No, no. When Valerie Koo wants to learn something, you've, you've sought out like the best rope artists in the country. Is that right? Yeah. yeah that's right. Well, I, I did start off with YouTube and books, buying books on Amazon. And I did start off with Jan from the from this, from this my local <laughs> suburb, but her name was Julie. All right. Uh, but Close. once I discovered all those things, I realised that if I was going to get really good at it, I needed needed to learn from the best. And that's always been one of my mottos as well in terms of like the Australian Writer Centre, which I run, is that I only employ the best writing te- writers in the country to teach writing. So I figured I should apply the same thing to me. So I, I sought out, I did a whole ton of research and sought out the best um, artists in Australia that I wanted to learn from. And I approached them directly and asked them if they would do one-on-one uh, tuition. And that did really require traveling and stuff. I had to, you know, um, go to where they are. Um, but it's been such a great investment to do and they've been really generous with their time and their um, expertise and, and their, uh, wisdom. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it, it not only fast tracks your learning, it, um, you are learning, the you're learning really good best practice uh, techniques as opposed to you know Jan or who, yeah. who may have learned out from YouTube as well kind of thing. So. Exactly. So it's not second hand. It's, it's like all the bit. But like I can't get over how rapidly your stuff has improved. It's amazing. So well, it's um, I, think, I do it six to eight hours a day. I, <laughs> <laughs> and the only time I don't is when I've run out of rope. Yeah. That's amazing! Congratulations! I'm like I'm so impressed, and I can't wait till next week. And uh, I'm like feeling a bit um, I don't know. Yeah, so I'll come back with a. Uh, a I'm not very good at tying knots, and so this is completely out Gina's of my comfort coming, zone. Gina's coming to my workshop. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm usually in Gina's workshops. I'm always the student around Gina. So this is the first time Gina's coming to my workshop. And uh, I will be somewhere near the bottom of the class. In fact, I probably will be at no, the you bottom. Won't. That's a, oh, yes. No, you won't. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, we will report back. So it's very exciting, and um, uh, it just—I just think it's a little bit hilarious because this happened organically. You know, uh, someone who we both know asked whether I would run a workshop, and um, I thought it'd be great fun. So it, that's how it's how it's happened. Um, and as a result of that, Gina, uh, I mentioned it in you know the like yesterday in Sydney, and I got an email from somebody who heard about it and who heard that I was running this thing in Melbourne and she said, will you run a Sydney one? <laughs> oh, no, it's just taken off. It's so funny. Anyway, 
We, I digress, but uh, I think that those people who want to learn photography, I have had the, you know, um, uh, the 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 fort. I've been in the fortunate circumstance to be able to learn from you over the years. I didn't need to seek out someone to learn from the best because you were already there, which is great. But I think it's fantastic that now people from all over the world are able to tap into your experience and your courses and your, um, you know, photo critiques and stuff like that. Because, you know, thanks to the internet and thanks to the online gold community as well. So for people who are interested in tapping into Gina's um, incredible experience and and advice, make sure you check out the gold community on um, uh, at ginamilitia.com. That's M. I-L-I-C-I-A, because that is a wonderful membership program where you get direct access to Gina and, you know, ask her all of your questions and tap into a lot of um, behind-the-scenes um, tutorials and advice and and just behind-the-scenes videos on what really goes on in shoots as well. So check that out at ginamilitia.com and click on Join the Community. But let's now move on. We've got a, a photo critique for yep. Christy Mays, is that right? Yeah, so uh, Christy now, May, yep. All, now, all of these um, photos that we're about to discuss in this episode can all be found in the show, no- show notes. Now, you don't have to go to the show notes. You can still certainly listen just to the audio of this uh, episode. But if you want to have a look at any of the photos we mention in this episode, the show notes can be found at ginamilitia.com. All right, so Christy Mays, yes, is a Kiwi living in Nashville. Woo! Yes, and uh, she has uploaded a series of photos of kids, and they're gorgeous kids, yeah. and they look kind of like ranging between three and seven, or three and six, I would say. Uh, there's a little girl, there's in like three or boys, I think, um, and they're playing. So they're basically in their backyard or in a field or something, and they're playing with, you know, uh, riding toy cars, riding bicycles, one sort of, uh, they're just hugging each other they're just having fun playing with bubbles aren't they and i think yeah. they're gorgeous shots i do and uh christy i think these are beautiful and again very natural shots but also you can tell that you're obviously know what you're doing because they're beautifully lit i love the way that you use uh backlight in a lot of these so there's like a lot of uh, uh the beautiful backlight which gives a real nice vibe to the shots and also the fact that, that like you've uh directed the kids to just go have fun enjoy themselves so they're 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 very uh, natural, joyful-looking shots, and I, I could see uh, a lot of these in uh, lifestyle campaigns. They've Absolutely. got a very lifestyle feel, totally. and uh, they do look a very professional. And uh, there's also a portrait of a little girl that you've balanced the light beautifully there, where you've got like a lot of light streaming in behind the girl, and uh, her face is beautifully lit. So that's a, a lovely portrait. Uh, so. All very strong shots there, and uh, like you've used bubbles in one of them. I, I say keep going, Christy. You're definitely on the right track. I love how you've edited the shots as well. The tones are beautiful, really. Mm. Uh, and um, again, like when you're shooting, uh, shoot the things that you love and uh, shoot things that have meaning to you because you're mm. the only person that sees and feels and thinks in a particular way, and this 
comes through in these images for me. Absolutely. I think that they're gorgeous. Yeah, really, really gorgeous. And I love how there's – it's kind of like golden hour, isn't it? Yeah. In a lot of the shots uh, with the sun looks like it's going to set soon and and you've used the light just beautifully, beautifully Mm -hmm. often sort of side lit or back lit. It's gorgeous. Now let's move on to a shot by Gustavo Pisano, which kind of inspired this week's topic, I think. Yes. Right, so it's a gorgeous shot, I'm assuming, of Gustavo's daughter. So anyway, so it was a little girl and it is um, it is very low light in that the background is almost black. So, yep. it, And I'm very curious to know how he achieved this shot, but yep. so maybe, Gina, you can shed some light. And uh, she's kind of lit from, the, from camera right and she's just a gorgeous little girl who's looking cheekily up at the camera and uh, but 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 it's uh, he's shot this at home, and I'm curious yeah. to know how he's done that actually. But yeah, anyway, well. Gina, maybe you can shed some light. So uh, Gustavo writes, it's still training low key with what I have available at home. What to improve, change, dismiss. So as you said, it's uh, low key lighting. So basically, what that is is where you kill all the ambient light in the room, and you're just lighting uh, like one thing. It's it's uh, like the skin tone. So basically what he's done is he's shot in such a way that the brightest point of the shot is the face and uh, he's exposed for that and that means that everything else in the room goes to black and it looks like it might be difficult. It's actually a lot easier uh, than it sounds and Mm. uh, um, based on these shots, uh, Gustavo, I think you've done uh, a beautiful job. Uh, I see in the black and white, you've converted it to black and white. I'd probably uh, tweak the contrast slightly. It just looks uh, on my screen a titch grey, so just increase the contrast so you do have a definite black. And the other thing I notice is... um the eyes have just gone a little bit dark in this shot. So uh, I try and get in maybe with a reflector to bounce some light into the eyes. It's really important that there are there is a good catch light in the eyes because that's where the expression is. So mm. maybe come back in with Lightroom and just brush uh, over the eyes to just bring out a bit more detail. But aside from that, uh, I think it's beautiful. Probably one thing I'd also that's distracting in the image is the little girls holding a, a, a white toy and Mm. uh, my eye is immediately drawn to that. So I'd probably, Mm. uh, just to keep the sort of the low-key theme, have uh, given her another toy, something different, just to to keep that the the mood going because it's like my eye goes there first rather than to her face. So, But aside from that, uh, I think uh, the the, the tones are beautiful and I think you've you've nailed the uh, low-key lighting. So um, let's break it down and let's – I thought from seeing this, I'm like – well, this would be a great episode, so why yeah, don't we definitely. do a whole episode on how to do it? So let's start with, Val, what actually low-key lighting is. Yes, so what's your definition of it? It's basically oh. it's high-contrast, uh, dark, moody lighting, and it was okay. uh, like uh, all good things, Val, invented by an Italian. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it was uh, was first introduced uh, by the Italians like Da Vinci in, in around the 15th century and uh, was a, a, a style called uh, chiaro scuro, which is uh, how's your Italian, Val? Can you def- define uh, chiaro scuro? Because no. your Italian's actually better than mine. Um, so chiaro scuro is an Italian term, chiaro meaning clear or light. So next time uh, someone says something and you it's clear to you, you just say, è chiaro, chiaro, it's clear. Chiaro. Yeah. Or like if you walk into someone's house and it's nice and light, you just go, chiaro, it's light. Chiaro. It's, I can see you dropping that in a conversation. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, the, the opposite of that is dark, which is scuro. So it means dark, somber or moody. So how are you today? Scuro. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> so chiaro, scuro, dark and light. So you okay. often saw that in the uh, paintings of Da Vinci or Caravaggio around the 16th century. Then yes. we uh, saw a trend in the 1930s and 40s in um, art style in film noir movies. Yes. So noir literally means dark or black. Black film um, yes. and uh, it was coined by a French film critic who um, noticed this trend of downbeat and dark looks in themes and uh, there were a lot of uh, American crime and de- detective films and uh, like the Maltese Falcon and Double Indemnity. So if you're mm-hmm. into this sort of stuff, it's probably a great idea to maybe uh, get onto YouTube and watch a few of these. Uh, the mm. Third Man is a great one and that'll just get you into the mood and vibe for this. Uh, this sort of look, which is this low-key lighting. Oh, mm-hmm. I think it's very sexy. You can see that in my images that I'm influenced by this. If I had my way, every shot would be all yes. black, a little bit of light. But like Valerie, it's like, it doesn't make great uh, podcast <laughs> artwork, does it? I've, I've snuck a cover in today. I hope it gets across the line because it's very dark. But I often get an email back from about, this is very dark. You can't really see anything. And that's how I like to shoot. Um, I just have a question. With this kind of dark or low-key lighting, does you do you need to be in a situation where you are in a dark or low-key room? No. Or can you, this is the okay. beauty of it. So yeah, the beauty of this kind of lighting is you can be outside – at midday on right. a bright sunny day and achieve okay. this. Now you need right. flash to do that, but you can also achieve it in your lounge room at home. And so why this is mm. a really good skill to have is that often we're in situations where you might want to do a portrait of someone and you've gone to Jan in accounts has invited <laughs> you round to her home. She's taking you out of the office. She says, come to my house and you get to her house and she wants a family portrait. But on on the wall behind her and not that there's anything wrong with this but Jan has a doll collection <laughs> it's like you know those dollies that sit on toilets those ones with the frills and the lace and all of that she's got a thousand mounted on her wall on a bookshelf behind her in the lounge room and on the other wall there's like a million pictures with reflective frames okay now if you're doing a family portrait of Jan in her lounge room and that's the only place you can shoot uh-huh. It's going to be a bit distracting because those dolls are a bit creepy. You know, their eyes follow you around the room. Uh-huh. What a weird thing to think of, but okay. But where does my head go sometimes? I don't know. Worry. So... Uh-huh. 
In these situations, there's a couple of things we can do. If you've got a very fast lens, you can open up to say f1.2 and blur all the dollies out in the background and just get sort of a nice bokeh-ish background. The other thing you can do is use this low key lighting technique and just light Jan's face and Mm. turn the black background black and get this really moody shot because that's Jan's Ooh. alter ego. She's like, like you know, into God. She goes to clubs at night. She okay. dresses in black <laughs> Okay. She's got all other dungeon downstairs. I can't. I told you we shouldn't podcast early in the morning, Val. It's wrong. <laughs> so... Let's uh, break down how we do this. So if you've just got daylight, you're not ready to uh, start using flash, you can achieve this uh, low-key lighting look just using daylight. What you need to look for is high-contrast scenes where you've got a bright area of light against a dark background. Now, the really basic um, uh, way to describe this is let's say you've got uh, a flower and it's in full sun, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the behind the flower, there might be a – uh, another bed of flowers that are still in shade just because okay. of where the angle of the sun is. So if uh, the the area that's in shade, the difference in aperture between the area that's in shade and the part of the flower that's in sun is qu- quite great. So if you expose for the highlight area of the flower, you're yes. going to get that beautifully exposed. There's an image yes. in the show notes where I've got a flower in full sun against a bed of flowers also in full sun. The exposure is even all the way through, so we get the beautiful red flower against a beautiful green backdrop. If I Mm -hmm. then move to a spot where the flower is in full sun against a – another area that's in full shade, the difference in exposure is so extreme that the actual flower bed behind the flower turns black because it doesn't doesn't have enough light because you've got the difference in in, um, exposure is so great. It's basically garage lighting. But I understand that with the flower – uh, and and certainly if you go to the show notes and you see the uh, image of the flower against a bed in full sun and a flower against a bed that's in shade, you will see that too. But what I don't understand yet is when you're photographing Jan in yeah. her well, so lounge we'll room okay. Okay. and her dolls yes. and, uh, before she goes <laughs> into the dungeon <laughs> with this <laughs> and uh, she hangs out with other gods. <laughs> Okay. By the end of this episode, we're going to have It's not leather, it's plastic. It's that shiny plastic, do you know? And she's got those thigh-high boots. And um, so we're exposing for the highlights, okay? And so some a couple of simple techniques where I've done this is there's a shot that I did in Cartagena where it's a very low-key and moody, just shot with daylight where I've got a stairwell and there's light streaming in through the windows, which leaves um, 
the 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 light is uh, reflected into the ground, like through the sun. Does you see that the shadow? Uh, yes. I've exposed for the highlight, and then everything else goes dark, and so you get this dark, moody uh, shot, which is very low key. So you've just and got that the highlight, shot is and also in the show notes, and it's also somewhere that I think Jan would like. Uh, yeah, she's probably uh, got a little place right down the bottom there in that yeah. dungeon. Yeah. So th- another way that I use this technique, Val, and it's not it's not just completely blacking out the background, which will mm. give you a low-key effect. You can use it at, like a lot of street photographers. Uh, Cartier-Bresson used it a lot and a lot of other French photographers of that era, and you see it in a lot of modern photographers, where if you've got a high contrast scene bright sun against uh, shaded areas you can use this technique by you expose for the highlight area so whatever is in the bright sunshine and then basically what happens is the rest of the background like a lot of the you lose a lot of the shadow detail so you get this high contrast scene so I've got an image of Mimi Elashiri in Paris and Mm -hmm. she's uh, like leaping across the street in front of the Eiffel Tower. Now, a lot of the street is in shade. She's lit mm. by full sun. So we get this dark right. scene just by using um, the fact that the, the difference between the area that is brightly lit against the area that is dark is so great that you lose all the detail in the shadows. Right. Low key lighting. And did you just so yeah? This is a great shot, and there's the Eiffel Tower in the background, and it's the it's the perspective of a street, and she's crossing the street, and as you say, it's it, you don't see the detail in the street because and you just focus on her. Did you stumble across this street and lighting situation by accident, or did you go searching for it? I want to say that I carefully researched it, Val. <laughs> Yeah. I want to say that. I can't. I have to be okay. honest and say I stumbled on it and it's usually like – but if you're aware of it and looking yeah, for it, you'll I would start to notice it. it everywhere. So wherever you see it. something that's brightly lit against something that's mm. dark, have a go at this, uh, this style of idea. lighting and, uh, you know, to really change because the, the, the if I then tried to expose for the shadow, I can get a completely different shot where I would have detail in the whole street yeah, to see yeah. everything that was in the background detail on her and it would be uh, a completely different looking shot it would be very low contrast very flat not nearly Mm. as interesting Mm. all right so there is a lot of things we can can do to control our exposure so Mm -hmm. i've got a musician that i shot recently his name is pugsley uh pugsley is a piano player banjo player or a great singer very bluesy in his um and and has a great face like bearded and hairy and all the things that uh i like to photograph okay and so i've got a selection i've uh, i've take you through the process uh, okay. to do it with daylight and artificial light. So the first image is uh, his So these images are all video. in the show notes at gmmilitia.com. Mm-hmm. And he's facing me and there is a window camera right that is lighting him. Now, mm-hmm. if I expose uh, my image for the shadow side of the face, what mm-hmm. happens is I get a very brightly lit, flatly low contrast mm. image. So the first mm. image that I took, I shot at ISO 100, 
100, one twenty-fifth of a second at f2.8. Very flat. You can see the bricks on the wall behind him. He's, mm. There's detail in the shadows, detail in the highlights, and that's uh, an okay shot, very flatly lit, not a lot to write home about, not a lot to write to Jan about. So <laughs> the, the, the next uh, image I took is like taking a bit more control and mm. basically I um, now exposed for the highlight and I have a faster shutter speed of one one hundredth of a second and what mm. I'm doing is removing ambient light. So what happens when I up my shutter speed? I'll start to lose detail in the shadow side of yep. the face and we start to get a moodier look to the image. So I've got my highlights are correctly exposed but I'm starting to get uh, more shading on the side of his face so there's yep. more definition. It's a moodier look. That's yep. just by changing the aper- uh, shutter, shutter speed, speed and changing where I focus. Mm-hmm. I can take this a step further now Val and kill mm. all the ambient in the shot. So mm. I've gone to ISO 100 and one 200 per second and what I was right. at f2.8 before, right? right I've yes. now gone up to a narrower aperture of f8 okay. and you can see that the image is black. Almost black I've lost yes. all the detail in the background. I've killed the ambient killed it. There's no yep. natural light in the room. The camera isn't seeing anything. It's just um, basically seeing like a rough ghosted uh, part of the brightest. Yeah, it's almost black. Face. You can just right. make out his face. So just on that, if you're wanting to do this and override all the ambient in the room to then then you're going to add artificial light, you can actually use your histogram to help you with this. And the histogram, you'll notice that when you take a shot uh, on the back of the screen, you'll get this little graph that pops up. Have you ever wondered what that was? It's a histogram. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a fan of the histogram. I don't, I don't use them at all. I prefer to just use the screen and uh, a light meter to get my readings but for those of you who are fans of the histogram if you've got a um how do you know when your image is completely black well i would just look at the screen and go the image is black but yeah. if you, <laughs> that's quite a good way but for the, i know but for the histogram science heads out there that like to have the help of a graph if you're looking at the histogram and you want to know that you've got a correctly exposed image with detail in the highlights detail in the mid-tones and detail in the shadows, your histogram looks like kind of a mountain range. So you've got um, like, right. a, like a peak in the middle, which is all your mid-tone details and some stuff at the sides. To the left of the histogram is your shadows. To the right of the histogram is your highlights. So you've got this nice, it could be a curve, it could be a little mountain shape. That tells you you've got a correctly exposed image. There's an yep. example in the show notes with the image and the histogram that of shows it. Instagram looks like, yep. Great. When I start to underexpose the image, you can see that all the detail goes across to the left of the image and I've got like all of the information in the histogram is only at the left and that tells me that my image is now underexposed. I don't mm. have any detail in the highlights. All my details and, and my image is now underexposed. Mm. All right. When I go to black, guess what happens? The histogram flatlines. So I've effectively, if you want to know if you've killed all the ambient look at the histogram Mm. and if it's flatlined 
beep, it's dead. <laughs> You've killed all the ambient light. That's another yes. good way to notice it, all right? Okay. So, yes. Uh, so what, you, do, what are we aiming for? So we to do this low-key lighting, we want a yeah. flatline histogram. We, flat we don't line. want okay. any information in the shot. We want to all get right. rid of all the ambient light in our all shot. Right. There is okay. nothing. So what you do okay. is you start at, uh, you take a reading, you do a normal shot, and then you just keep closing down your aperture mm-hmm. and take a shot, close it down, take a shot, close it down until you get to the point where you just see black. And depending yeah. on how bright your room is, it's going to take um, a few clicks to get there. You know, most okay. most rooms, window light, uh, F8 should get you there. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're using flash, you're going to need to keep your uh, shutter speed at uh, a maximum of 200 because if you go over that, your flash isn't going to sink. All right. right. So, so so um, you've got your you've you've got your so you've got let's say we're working with Jan. We've okay. got Jan in the room with the dolls. Uh, with the dolls, I've taken okay. a shot at f two point eight. I've got all the dolls staring at me, so I keep <laughs> shutting down until I get to say f five point f eight. Right yep. at f eight. I can't see Jan. I can't see the dolls. I'm starting yep. to worry that she's going to bust out her. Yes. <laughs> no. I like it. No. All right. So anyway, yeah. it's black, right? Yeah, it's black. And okay. You start to hear the clinking of chains. So it's all black, and um, um, it's your histograms flatlined. Yeah. Now we can start working with flash. So if I bring in a a small flash with a, uh, say, a small softbox, I can now just light Jan's face and – Depending on where, how I place the flash, uh, I will get a low key image. And so, because oh. you're just lighting Jan. Now, okay. The secret here is to make sure that when you're using the flash, you need to make sure that you don't have flash spilling on the background. So if you were you yeah. to use a naked flash and shouldn't say naked in front of Jan and just no. just. <laughs> Put it straight on her, right? Yeah. It'll light Jan, but it'll also light the rest of the, the room. Dolls. That's not what do the creepy mm, dolls. No. So, so you'll want to have a, a light modifier that's just going to only hit Jan's face. So the secret to this mm. low-key style of lighting is to make sure that your subject is well in front of the background. So you might mm. need to move, and, and so you probably need a room with a bit of depth. So for this, you probably do need to go down to the dungeon because it's quite long and not that I went there Val but it's very long the room so you need a bit of space to get back especially if you're working with a longer lens so you right, need to so the dolls are far in the background so so that there isn't any um flash spilling onto the background because yeah. that's going to ruin your low-key effect so yep. uh back to the Pugsley images that I was using I actually no. used a beauty dish uh to create the shot and there's an image in the show notes where I actually went up from F8 to F14 just to make sure that I killed any other ambient light and uh, used a beauty dish and just had it exactly to the side of Pugsley's face and uh, put in a little dook of uh, 
of flash there, lit up the side of his face. Start, if you're using a speed light, start with the lowest power setting, take a shot and uh, increase the power setting until you get the correct skin tone. And then work with your flash and move it around till you get the right position. So you can try uh, low-key lighting using split lighting where you've got the face cut in half and you've only got half the light Uh, the face lit or what you can do is you can tweak that by adding fill and when I say add fill that's calling fill from downstairs it's um (laughs) it's it's get bringing in Jan could be getting it on you know (laughs) they probably are Jan and Phil are totally um and they look so mild mannered during the day it's always those accountants Val I reckon you used to be an accountant didn't you yeah yeah so um the the reflector that I used was uh, the white side of a uh, five in one reflector, and I just mm. brought it into the side of Pugsley's face. And what happens is the light from the flash bounces onto the reflector and just brings a bit of fill light in, so you can bring in more detail into so the side of the So you put it on the face. opposite side on of the, the flash. So you can play with your ratios that way and add mm. more detail um, to the side of the face to get the the particular look that you're after in this low-key effect. So uh, another thing that I tried with uh, Pugsley, and this is an example of behind the scenes of the actual cover, if it gets across the line, Val, is where he's playing his piano accordion and I've just got him standing side on to camera and the – Uh, beauty dish is above and slightly in front of him and I'm just lighting the side uh, of of his face he's in profile it's also Mm. lighting some of the accordion part of his hand and then it drops off to nothing so his body is just emerging out of the shadows so it's a a very very cool effect to do so um Also in the show notes, Val, I've got another series where same thing where I did uh, with Frank in Sicily and um, I did the shot where I've got him standing in a winery. He's in the uh, entrance there. I've got the shot. It's uh, brightly lit. I've exposed for the uh, shadows and the highlights. So at 1125th at f2.8, everything is uh, brightly lit in the shot. But then what Mm. I did is killed the ambient light. So I went up to – I. uh, one two hundredth of a second at f8 and uh, all you see is the bright light that's coming there's an archway in the winery um, mm. and so he's uh, that's the only thing that's lit in the shot and then I brought in a, uh, a softbox lit him from above and now he looks like um, a religious figure. Oh, he does. I was going to say he looks like one of those religious icons. Yeah, yeah. Against the archway. Icon. He should be a stained yeah. glass picture. But so you can see what you can create from nothing just by using lighting and killing your ambient. So you get all right. And so, and finally, Val, uh, we this is a shoot that you came along to uh, with Satiris. So we had him in a corridor in a hotel, and uh, I shot 
this using uh, a high ISO of 200 at a 30th of a second at F3.2. And you can see the uh, background, all the doors in the hotel, all the lights Mm. in the hotel and all the details. So, Mm. um, which is great. You can shoot like that, but often, uh, you know, you've got exit signs and, you know, advertising paraphernalia or all the dolls that you don't want to look at. So you can... (laughs) Um, try killing the ambient. So uh, mm. what I did is I went all the way up to F9 at one two hundredth of a second and just used a uh, beauty dish to the side and uh, you get a um, a shot of um, a very is dramatic it, is that, shot. Is that Gary? Gary. Gary is Gina's dog and he's obviously having a little bit of a spack attack. Little cough there. Little cough, okay. Yeah. You are right, Gary? Um, I think he's all right. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It seems that Gary's coughing up what he had for breakfast, I think. Kangaroo. (laughs) All right, great. Um, so, uh, and then we can, um, you know, I've just lit his face and we end up with a low key lighting shot where I've killed all the ambient in the background and, and uh, got, got rid of everything and you get a more dramatic shot. I love this. I have never really thought about this. And um, more importantly, I think that it's such a practical solution when you are in a situation where the background's just shitty or, you know, just really ugly or whatever, and you, you know, want to – and you have no other choice. So yeah. this is a great option to to be able to highlight the person and and still shoot even in a seemingly bright environment and get rid of the background. Shoot at a, um, well, do you call it high ISO or low ISO? An ISO so that's shoot, like 100. So you want to shoot at a low ISO. Low ISO, yeah. Okay. You, you, want, you, you shoot at a low ISO and um, get flatline your histogram or just see when your shot is black <laughs> and use a flash fantastic yes, and a flash fantastic. Or if you don't have a flash i want you to have a go at this t- this is something that you can do at home with a one of those um 20 work lights that you get at uh at the hardware store um mm. the, which is the, the trick is if you're using continuous lighting you need a fairly powerful light so it's not going to be enough to you because you want to have the difference between your highlights and Mm. the difference between your shadows to be Mm. quite extreme several stops so if you want to do it with continuous lighting get get something like a work light and what you can do is uh you can um sit sit someone um maybe in a room and you can put the you can put the work light uh, uh in in a doorway so, so that it's not spilling everywhere and so the light's just coming through the doorway onto your model right. and, uh, and make sure that you've got a background that uh, that is a fair way back so that you don't have any other ambient light in the room and yeah. uh, kill all the other lights in the room and you've got like another a version of uh, low-key lighting using continuous light. So that's and something just exposed to the highlights. 
and just expose for the highlights. So again, practice. Uh, get your GI doll, GI mm. Joe doll out. Get your styrofoam head out. Get uh, your you know work light or your speed light. And this is a great skill to have in your um, you yeah. know little bag of tricks because there are. Uh, many times when you do go into people's homes or you've, you're on location, it could be even outside where you've got nothing but, you know, um, chain fences and, and um, mm. you know, or the trees might be not looking for – the location isn't fantastic. So you mm. can create a dramatic look by overpowering the ambient and, like, suddenly you've got – a studio anywhere. Mm, I love this. This is so. This is so useful. Um, all right. Thank you, Gina. Really eye-opening topic uh, in particular this week. I just loved it. Uh, fantastic. Awesome. I'm sure that a lot of listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Remember, if you want to check out any of the images that we've mentioned, then go to ginamilitia.com for the uh, show notes. Um, and now you need to have a think about hashtag Gina Challenge. So for those of you who are new to us then each week we have a challenge it's called hashtag Gina challenge and then we do hashtag whatever the topic is now that topic could be anything from you know grunge to black and white to bright light to you know shooting fairies whatever and uh, it's 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 up to you to interpret however interpret that topic however you like and then upload your shots into the Facebook group which of course if you go to Facebook just search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community and join. It's free to join. Make sure that, um, you know, I know that if some people join and then they lurk a little bit before they have the courage to post their, their first photo, but we encourage you to do it because there's so many different people from di- at different levels and um, and it's a great place, place to share um, all of that or each other's shots. So what is hashtag Gina challenge this week, Gina? So this is inspired by Jan. It's called Show Us Your Dark Room. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Hashtag Gina Challenge is hashtag show us your dark room inspired by Jan. So we would love to see what you come up with. Interpret that however you like. Keep it PG, of course. Um, And uh, Oh, my God. We're going to find out some stuff I didn't want to know about the male listeners. (laughs) (laughs) So in the meantime, Gina, what have you got happening in the coming week? Uh, so I'm uh, gearing up for a big event uh, tomorrow here in mm-hmm. Melbourne. It's our annual uh, TV award, so it's like the Emmys. It's called the Logie. So that's mm-hmm. um, um, you came along last year, Val, yeah, and great for what it was all about. So it's like mm. a I don't know, twenty hour day or something like that. Lazy twenty <laughs> hours of shooting. Yes, yes. So um, I don't know how yeah. you were still standing at the end of it. Yeah, I don't know either. So anyway. I think you just get used to it. So yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's uh, a big big week for me. And then I've got um, uh, an amazing workshop with an amazing uh, <laughs> rope artist that I'm so excited about. So I'll probably you know just uh, prepare myself, watch YouTube videos. <laughs> 
like that so I can be that, you know, that mature age student that's in the class that asks all the dumb questions just because they want to ask questions to look. I'll be that. That'll be me. So I've heard with that rope you should uh, actually prepare it in this way first. Is that correct, Valerie? (laughs) And I'll name, I'll know other rope artists and I'll name drop them. Yeah, so when I was um, speaking with blah, 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 rope artist at the (laughs) Venice Biennale last year, she said that da-da-da-da-da-da, that's what I'm going to be like. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, actually, it's lucky I'm getting there because I i don't know where my mind was obviously too obsessed with rope last week uh, that I, um, I booked my flights to Melbourne uh, like a few days ago and then like two days ago I got this and of course my flight isn't till next week, but two days ago I got a message from Qantas saying, looking forward to your flight tomorrow. And I was nowhere near an airport. Oh my God. I booked completely the wrong dates. (laughs) That's funny. I booked the entirely wrong weekend. So I had to change my flights, which of course costs money. It does. (laughs) So so you're running at a loss now, Val. (laughs) (laughs) Insane, insane. Oh my god! um, It's it's going to be fun. I'll be bringing my ropes. Amazing. If we had time, we could do a podcast from uh, Rope World. We call it Rope Rope World. This. What what are you going to name you? Jan probably wants to go to Rope World too. What are you going to name your workshop? Oh, I don't know. I haven't even thought about that. This is all brand new to me. <laughs> can you come up with a snappy name so, you know, so that I can okay. go, oh, yes, I'm going to the blah, 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 blah <laughs> workshop with, you may have heard of her, renowned rope artist, <laughs> Valerie Koo. She's got several pieces. I've got my eye on one. Yes, and then it'll be on the wall. And, yes, it's a – is that a Valerie Koo? Yes. Oh, yes, it is. It's a Valerie Koo. I think we should uh, podcast in the morning, Val. My brain's not working right. Okay, we, we will we will see how we go next time. But okay. you know, well done for. I thought it was a great effort, Gina, and I learned <laughs> Thank heaps. You. Thank so, you. So, where do we find you online, Gina? <laughs> so at Gina Militia on Instagram and at Gina Militia on Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, in the Facebook community. Awesome. That, that'll do. You? Okay. <laughs> You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, connect with us in the Facebook group as well. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.